Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, Unwritten Rule fans, you can catch us every Monday and Friday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Follow us on Twitter at Believe Unwritten and enjoy the show. On today's episode of The Unwritten Rule, I'm going to preempt this show by uh, saying we're recording on Sunday night. There's about two minutes left in the Lions-Rams game. So if there's any uh, cut-in live reactions to what happens, it's a one-point game. Uh, That's why uh, we all have it on, uh, just because it's a big game on Super Wild Card Weekend. But anyway, uh, plenty to dive into on The Unwritten Rule for your Monday. Uh, We have a lot of football to talk about. Um, Kevin Peoples to LSU. We're going to talk about that situation. Got some recruiting stuff as well. Then we're going to do some men's basketball chat. Uh, Recap the South Carolina game. Mizzou dropping to 0-3 in conference play. Uh, So we'll recap that, kind of talk about, I mean, try to kind of hit on some new things, uh, but just overall talk about what's still going wrong with uh, Mizzou men's basketball. We'll briefly preview the Alabama game because we won't have a show before that. That's at 6 on Tuesday on SEC Network. And we have some Kobe Brown news. He's balling in the G League. So we'll uh, touch on that. Uh, and then we'll do quick hits. We got Ken Sports Shorts, Dirty Bird, Fraud Rankings, and the Ratios of the Week. So great show. And it's all presented by Bet Online with the NFL playoffs in full swing. And the NBA season also in full swing. Uh, Bet Online has you covered with all the up to second odds, news, and scores with additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile. You can access the world's best wagering information at any time. So head to Bet Online today to get in on the action. And see all of the updated odds. Remember to use our promo code Believe to receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your your deposit, your first deposit. Bet online. It's where the game starts. And before we start the unwritten rule, we're doing we're moving our best beats of the week segment up to this portion of the show because we figured what better way to plug Bet Online immediately after we do the read and whatnot uh, than just to say our best beats of the week. So Kenny, I'll start with you. What is your best beat of the week that you found on the Great Bet Online? Well, um, if the Tigers do make a run in the SEC and SEC play and SEC tournament, really turn their season around, uh, we'll get to that a little bit later. Probably <laughs> won't happen, uh, but we want Minnesota to win some games. Uh, so I got Minnesota plus one against Iowa on Monday. Well done. Well done. Peyton? Best yeah, Minnesota league. plays in a garbage uh, arena. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. The, barn yeah, is the, barn. the barn's bad. Um, Peyton and I were in the barn. Not good. We no good. Um. My best beat of the week, I'm just going to pour it on in regards to Mizzou basketball. I'm going to bet on the Princeton Tigers, who, of course, became the Yikes. second 15 seed uh, in history to upend the Missouri Tigers in the NCAA tournament. Uh, two 15 seeds have beaten Missouri in the NCAA tournament, two of them. Um, Princeton, they're 18.5-point favorites over Dartmouth. Uh, Torvik has this in the 19-point range, so I feel good about Princeton here. Get it while you can, folks. <laughs> good bet. Yeah, Princeton's good. They're fun. They're a fun mid-major. Uh, and then my best beat of the week, going back to the world of soccer. It's been a while since we've checked in on our resident football club, Bayer Leverkusen, out in Germany. Uh, that's because uh, Germany, they take a winter break uh, in soccer. So it's like the week before Christmas up until last week. Bayer Leverkusen won. They're still top of the table in the Bundesliga. Uh, they have 45 points through seven, uh, 17 games. So they're four ahead of Bayern Munich. Uh, Bayern Munich's only played 16 games, so they have a game in hand. That's what that is. But Bayer Leverkusen thriving, and I'm going to take them this coming weekend. Uh, they play against RB Leipzig on the road, and I have them minus 125 to win. 
uh, and stay atop the Bundesliga table. Kenny, it's we, you and I, you and I text back and forth a lot when these Bayer Leverkusen games come on, but they're they're cooking. Even though we both missed the Augsburg game, we, yeah, I, I was not ready for soccer to be back. Second time uh, these two have, are going to be playing each other this season. So mm-hmm. um, as you mentioned, Leverkusen hasn't lost a game this season. Be Leipzig earlier in the year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now we're on the like we're on the back end of the season, so they'll played everyone once before the winter break, and now they'll play everyone again. We'll see. I I, I can't overstate how crazy it would be if they win if they win the title. Uh, I don't know how many of our fans would really like understand how big that would be. Uh, but it's it's I'll explain when we get to May, and they do win. Uh, by the way, the Lions are taking a knee. They're about to be twenty four to twenty three. Congrats to them. Uh, what is it? First home playoff cover. game in 30 years. They didn't cover that. Yeah, speaking of bet online, we use those lines for fantastic four. They did not cover. Uh, but anyway, thank you to bet online for being sponsor of the show. Congrats to the lions. And, um, with that, the unwritten rule starts right now. Attention. Everybody stop what you're doing. It's time for The Unwritten Rule, a Mizzou sports podcast brought to you by the Believe Network, alongside Peyton Haverman and Kenny Van Doren. Here is your host, Jack Knowlton. Welcome back to The Unwritten Rule. Today is Monday, January 15th, and Mizzou football has lost another defensive staffer to LSU, uh, Kevin Peoples. Uh, the defensive ends coach is going uh, to join Blake Baker with the LSU Tigers was at Mizzou since January of 2022. Um, and looks like once again, he'll be coaching the defensive ends uh, at LSU. So another pretty big hit to Mizzou's defensive staff in a search that has still been very quiet. I want to get to that uh, question later, but um, you know, Kenny Payton, for those who maybe don't already know, uh, how big of a loss is Peoples now joining Baker uh, on LSU's staff? Mizzou, another hole to fill on the defensive staff. Yeah, Peoples certainly hurts a little bit. He was, uh, I, I really do like pretty much every coach on the roster. I would say he was probably one of the more upper tier ones. Obviously, Kenny has maybe a bit of a better grasp just at what, like how the staff duties were divvied up, whether it came to, just him working with defensive ends or recruiting. It seems like he was a hell of a recruiter. I don't see why Blake Baker would maybe only want uh, Kevin Peoples if he wasn't maybe sticking out in some way. Uh, it's a bummer. I thought Kevin Peoples would wind up staying, but I don't. Uh, that's just another hole to fill. Um, still a very, very quiet D.C. search, as you said. We don't have one concrete name yet uh, that we know – has interviewed for the job, so Drink's playing it close to the best there. Uh, I'll be honest, kind of lose a little respect for Blake Baker with that one. You know, I, I just I, – I, I shouldn't be shocked by what I see anymore from coaches in college football, um, especially when we get to my dirty bird. Um, but, I mean, geez, man, watching Blake Baker go from tweeting the I'm not leaving gif to – Colin Drinkwitz's brother on in public, but then just stealing his staff from it's kind of gives me a little bit of a yucky vibe, but whatever. It's college football. You really shouldn't you shouldn't be surprised by what you see anymore. Mm-hmm. So the reason he was the Bros Ward nominee for Mizzou. Um, you look at how he turned around that defensive end room. Um going into the bowl game last year, there were defensive tackles starting on the edge just because of opt-outs 
or um, injuries on, on top of that. You looked at a lot of the guys that were the depth last year, didn't even play in the bowl game um, this year. Uh, Darius Robinson moves back out to the edge and we've talked about it. it looked like a transformed defensive end. Uh, the guy was more fit. He was sharpened up at, at this position again and improved his draft stock in, in the process. And you saw that with Kevin Peoples um, coaching, coaching those guys, Johnny Walker, uh, one defensive MVP of the Cotton Bowl. Uh, so there was, there was a lot to be excited about there. And you look at it, it wasn't the best um, defensive room this year. Um, if you look at some other ones going into the year, linebacker play looked really good with Chad Bailey and Tyron Hopper, two guys that were um, among the best in the SEC, according to PFF. The cornerback room looked great. Safety room looked great. Defensive end room was kind of a head scratcher. What was it going to look like moving a defensive tackle out there? Um, you lose a lot of guys that were experienced last year in Isaiah McGuire, DJ Coleman. You lost depth. How are they going to respond? And Kevin Peoples showed it with that. Um, LSU is really building a strong defensive staff right now. They hired another guy, Bo Davis, who is a defensive line coach at Texas, who's very well respected as well, been around for a long time. And you get the both of those guys together and you're building a strong front for an LSU team that uh, we've known in the past has stolen uh, recruits from Mizzou um, in Wingo. And <laughs> Wingo turned Wingo. into an, yeah, Makai Wingo turned into an NFL product. So um, I, I'm in Peyton's boat there. It, it kind of does suck. You, you see coaches around the league when they leave for a new school, they'll say, you know, I'm not going to take it that can committed to that school. He did not commit to me. Um, but Brett Venable said that when he left Clemson for Oklahoma, um, uh, look, look at the guy who he replaced though. And you can see around college football, there are um, a lot of guys who take players with them, take coaches with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Big time. Um, I guess Kenny, I like, I guess this doesn't Uber matter. And I know you're more on the recruiting side, but you know, you're observant of the LSU boards and stuff. You're a little more tapped in. I mean, They've, they've got to be pretty excited down there, right? I think we've even seen that to some extent on Twitter, like just to kind of further underscore how many big of a loss this is for Mizzou, you know, becoming a big game for, for the other Tigers. Yeah, he wasn't a guy as well-known to LSU fans just because Bo yeah. Davis played at LSU and had been on the staff there at one point, so a lot of those fans liked him and were more excited about it. I think they liked the connection with Blake Baker. Um, Kevin Peoples has also been a Louisiana guy before coaching at Tulane, a lot of connections there that you can um, draw back to the Tigers or draw, you draw back to the state. Um, Ahmad bro, who's a, a defensive end coming in at Mizzou or coming in at LSU was recruited by um, Kevin Peoples from Missouri. So the, there's, there's guys on the team that Kevin Peoples recruited at one point. That, that was going to be my other question. I, I wasn't, I wasn't sure off the top of my head. I mean, that's a pretty big loss as well from a from a recruiting perspective, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think you can look at it many different ways. We've talked at length that it's not always the, your position that you're coaching. Mizzou's mm -hmm. done it to where you, you go to the different states that you have a lot of connections with, especially the high schools and different areas that you know how to recruit and what these kids want at the next level. Um, to be honest, I didn't really see Kevin Peoples' name a lot when I was looking through a lot of these kids. Um, around the bordering states like Arkansas, Louisiana, Oklahoma, Kansas, Nebraska, where Mizzou might go in and poach some guys um, just because I, I just I mean, look at the recent years. How many defensive ends have come and signed with Mizzou under Drinkwitz's staff? Um, it's a lot more experienced guys already in the room or transfers transfers. Yeah. OK. Yeah. So not maybe not as huge of a loss there. But again, I mean, still a, a hole to fill nonetheless. And, and that's where we should go. Peyton, like you brought it up. It's still a radio silent search which is you know I, i'm curious for you and and kenny like you as well like how concerning is that that we really haven't heard 
you know, anything publicly. I know, I know like, you know, there's things behind paywalls all the time and speculation, but like, you know, there's been nothing I, I feel like on, on Twitter, like whether it's a Twitter even rumor about who they might bring in. Is that a, is that a concern at this point? Not really. Um, I think if Drinkwitz, honestly, I think we've passed the point of DJ Smith. I think if that was going to happen, it would have happened by now. Um, so maybe he's someone that also takes off. But uh, honestly, I think Drinkwitz has obviously played this one very close to the guest, uh, or best rather. Uh, this search has not been leaked by even like coordinators, agents, or anything, anyone who he could be. After it kind of makes me think Drinkwitz is really trying to pull some strings to pull off kind of a splashy hire. Um, I don't really know what to expect at this point just because there's no information out there. We don't even have a such and such has been interviewed. Like we don't have one candidate. So at this point, I mean, we're in like day nine or 10 of the search. Uh, so you're going to have to assume a hire is coming within the next two to three days. Otherwise, it's probably been way too long. Uh, so we'll see. I doubt we're going to hear anything before the actual hires. And we mentioned it. Um, Tigers do have a lot of money to work with. They're, uh, no one's going to really go up and push that price tag unless you're getting that Blake Baker was was going to take on in um, year three or four now. Uh, but, I mean, at the same time, I mean, you, you do have that money to give to your assistant so you don't lose another guy that was very, um, I mean, important to your staff like Kevin Peoples was and keep some of these guys around, um, you know, sharing that wealth um, that you were going to put into one guy. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I th- I mean, again, I think that's an important thing to underscore is the money again. Um, any candidates again for you is like, you know, that have that have jumped out as you've had more time to think about it. I know Will Muschamp took I think he took like a regressed role at uh, Georgia. So I don't know if that's necessarily off the table, but I know I saw I saw his name at least come up in some change. But any anyone else kind of, you know, on your short list personally? I really have no idea anymore. I yeah. truly like Greg Gasparato, I still think is the most obvious name. Um, just with his ties to Drinkwitz, I don't think he, I mean, would be super locked into Tulane, to be honest with you. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I really don't. I don't know what Drinkwitz is even looking for in a candidate anymore. Maybe they're going after someone in the NFL ranks like he he did with Steve Wilkes. I mean, that's, you kind of have to consider everything right now. Uh, Dan Quinn. Yeah. Geez. Um, if I had to, if I had to really pick, I'd love for Jesse Minter to come in here, but that's not going to happen. Obviously. (laughs) Um, I, I just, I couldn't give you any names, unfortunately, just because I have no idea what they're even looking for. Yeah. Um, I, I, Kenny, Kenny, you have any names? No, um, I kind of just look back on um, what happened right right around like the 2021-2022 turn of the year when they did hire Blake Baker. Um, Mizzou is definitely a better job than it was then uh, after Steve Wilkes left for the NFL at the time. And y- you look at it like, you know, then they hired a guy that was a linebackers coach and then just promoted him, or who was a linebackers coach, 
hired him as a safeties coach and you just promoted him to um, the DC. Now you've got, I mean, you had the opportunity to go out and get someone good. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm saying Blake Baker wasn't a good coach, but he wasn't at the status he is now. And so the, the program isn't at the status it is now. So it's you can't even really compare and look back on what it was three years ago. Yeah, I think the promoting from within is a very real thing. I think to summarize what you guys are both saying, it seems like we would have had that happen already if that's what Drinkwitz wanted to do. And Kenny, with what you just said, you know, they can go out and maybe make that splashy hire, like Peyton also alluded to. You know, maybe that's what Drinkwitz is doing, is is keeping the cards close to the vest. We'll see. Um, I'll throw a name out there for shits and giggles because I don't think I have yet. Uh, And just because at the time we were thinking maybe it would be DJ Smith. I'm I'm not super well versed in the coaching world. Uh, I, I am familiar with Mr. Jim Leonard's game, uh, when he was, when he was at Wisconsin for a while, he's an analyst at Illinois. Now, I don't know if he wants to take a job that big, you know, he left Wisconsin after being their interim head coach for like a very short time. Um, but he is, you know, he is a good defensive mind. I mean, he, he had those teams near the top. Uh, I think one year they were kind of overshadowed by Georgia, but they were like second in the nation in, in, um, like defensive scoring or whatever, uh, so, you know, I'll throw that one out just because it's somebody I'm familiar with, but we really don't know. Um, Drinkwitz, uh, again, keeping his cards kind of close. We'll see uh, kind of what emerges. We'll 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 have our eyes on Twitter and talk about any rumors that pop up. But really, it's just, you know, nothing has. It's just more, you know, another guy out the door um, and, and kind of putting more pressure on finding that guy to then, you know, bring in his staff and, and see what can emerge because that's, you know, it's it, I know Mizzou fans are getting excited because with, you know, with Alabama and Saban retiring, there's we talked about it. There's the people who are like, this team could go 12 and 0. I saw the stat of like, I think it was like 44 percent was the win percentage of Mizzou's 2024 opponents in 2023. Like, you know, the schedule's set up good for you to build off of this season. So I think everyone's kind of anxious to see uh, where this hire can go. So we'll uh, we'll follow that. Um, next up. We got some recruiting stuff. This is a big one. Um, obviously, just a visit, but uh, the the potential to maybe land, depending on how this visit goes, a, a huge splash in the 2025 class. Uh, offensive lineman, this guy is. Michael Fasusi, I think I'm saying his name right. He is visiting, in his words, Missouri. He uh, put on Twitter, M-I-Z-Z-O-U-R-I, so combining the two. I, I kind of respect it uh from michael but uh yeah he's a five star um the number three offensive tackle according to rivals in the 2025 class uh number 11th overall nationally again according to rivals and then uh i have i have some trivia for you but i'm gonna get i'll get to that at the end uh because i you know just obviously it's a big time visitor could be a big time potential offensive lineman splash uh what have y'all kind of maybe heard anything about this guy but just you know reactions to that news well, he posted photos from his A&M visit today. Uh, certainly, I would hate. These are two really heavy hitters that Mizzou ha- is going to have. Oh, yeah, I didn't mention those. Yeah, who, who else? It's A&M and Oregon. It's A&M, uh, then Mizzou, and then it's Oregon. Good God, those are just some NIL titans that you're going up against, really. Um, so it's going to be kind of a tough one to pull off, I think. Um, but, hey, man, I'm through with doubting. Drinkwitz can pull anything off from the recruiting world. He seemingly, I guess that's someone who we didn't we didn't kind of mention with Kevin Peoples. Uh, Williams Duaneri, obviously that one looked to quote one Parker Thune, uh, 
that looked dead in the water for a long time before um, I guess Wineri's mom made him go to Mizzou. Um, and then, of course, Luther Burden. So, I mean, anytime I see like a five star visiting Mizzou, I'm naturally always like, okay, good luck. Drinkwitz has done it twice. Um, so, we'll see what happens. Yeah, um, DFW guy from Louisville, Texas. And when, when I first saw that, I was just thinking back to like old recruiting classes from Barry Odom, the Gary Pinkle days, just oh, no. making these big splashes of getting guys from the Texas areas that were, I mean, you look back at some of those recruiting classes for, for both those guys, not the most talented group sometimes, uh, but they've found a lot of guys in Texas. Uh, for this guy, though, <laughs> I mean, um, Michael Fasusi's not an under um, – under the radar guy whatsoever, but um, going into Texas and stealing uh, a big time recruit from a school like Texas, Texas A&M, Texas moving into the um, SEC, Oklahoma, not far away from DFW either. Uh, that would be huge for this program, especially after losing two top defensive staff members. Yeah. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. Offensive. I, yeah. He's yeah, an no, offensive you, guy. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no, no you're right. Uh, I mean, it, it's big either way, no matter what staffers they're losing. I mean, this is a, you know, it's important, I think, to talk about this because Mizzou, you know, is competing early for for a guy like this and having him on campus, getting him in, involved quickly. But yeah, his um, his offer sheet is stacked, to say the least. You know, I'm just scrolling through it on Rivals. I'm not going to read them all. You can go look it up. But yeah, thank you for mentioning his uh, his I don't I don't think I said where he's from, too. But yeah, Louisville, Texas. Uh, so that would be big, literally big offensive tackle uh, and a five star guy. This is my trivia. And that's why I said, oh, no. When I said Kenny was looking back at old recruiting classes, um, this guy would be the highest, obviously, offensive tackle prospect or offensive line prospect in Mizzou history. If he does commit to Mizzou, my question for you guys is, can you name uh, who currently holds that honor? Uh, might be a deep cut, but give it a go. Oof. I assume that doesn't <laughs> include transfers. No, no, just recruiting. I just looked at 24-7's top 10 recruits. <laughs> Is Deep Cut so someone we don't like now? If you're No, uh, no, no, you might not you might not know who he is, but I just thought I'd I'd, I'd Paul Adams something like that. No. Is it Max Copeland? No. Um no, I, I don't know. Not according to 24-7, at least. Uh, it is this guy, Kyle Riggs. He was a four-star recruit in the class of 2004. <laughs> he is number 10 all-time among Mizzou recruits. Hey, maybe some of the old heads will know that name. I don't know if he ever played, but there you go. So Never heard that name. Hey, I think it's a good it's a good way to represent, you know, the way Mizzou has climbed up in terms of, you know, being involved with some of these five stars. That's the guy that... You know, is your highest recruit? I don't know. I don't know Obviously. why I thought it was Paul Adams, by the way. I just looked him up. He was an absolute nothing recruit. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't really know why I thought it was Paul Adams. He was only sorry, it wasn't an easy. It wasn't an easy. Wasn't an easy question. But yeah, Kyle Riggs. So he would certainly trump that. He would be probably top five in Mizzou history in general, depending on how he continues to climb his national ranks. But yeah, uh, Michael Fasusi, keep an eye on him out of uh, Louisville, Texas. We'll see how he likes his visit. Um, let's segue now. Men's basketball. Uh, Mizzou lost again. South Carolina. The Tigers are now 0-3 in conference play uh, after a... Somewhat heartbreaking, but just tough uh, two-point loss to the Gamecocks. I feel like we're going to just keep beating a dead horse here, but, you know, I, I guess 
thoughts on this particular game. And once again, you know, I, I have some comments on a column that Gabe wrote, but I'll get to that second after, you know, you guys just dive into to what you saw from the Tigers uh, as they once again are win or are once again lose and remain winless in conference play. Yeah, I, I just I saw a team that has a whole lot of losing players on it. I mean, there's just so much garbage to sift through on this roster that it really like it, it seriously I get really angry watching these games at this point because I wasn't really expecting much coming into this year. I certainly wasn't expecting to be eight and eight and zero and three in the SEC. I mean, this South Carolina team—they're thirteen and two. It's a bad thirteen and two. Their best win before this was Mississippi State. Their second best opponent after that was Clemson, uh, and they lost that game. So this was not a good South Carolina team. Uh, I mean, Jesus, you're up three. They did not, South Carolina did not lead one second of the second half and Mizzou found a way to lose this game. That is what losing teams do. I, it's just yeah, such a, a stark, stark contrast to what this team was last year. They were, they were excellent under Dennis Gates in the final two minutes. It felt like whenever it was a close game, like in the final minute or so, Mizzou would have the answer to pull away. And obviously, yes, you have Kobe Brown, you have Des Moines Hodge, you have guys that really just kind of had that whole I'm going to win the game mentality that it doesn't seem this team, it does not seem like this team has. And I'm including Sean East in that because, I mean, dude, what happened to all the creativity? I get Dennis Gates does not is not working with the personnel he was working with last year. It just seems so much less creative than it was last year. Where are all the – it's just – Every offensive possession is one person's going to dribble for 13 seconds. Maybe they'll pass it. Maybe they'll drive and take a horrible contested shot, as Nick Honor does like about 50 times a game. I mean, the last possession of the game when Mizzou gives up another wide-open three to allow them to tie it, um, which Dennis Gates apparently wanted to call timeout, and his message was going to be um, up three, don't give up a three. I don't know why your players don't know that already on the court in the final minute. But I mean, the last possession was Sean East is dribbling for 50 seconds. He doesn't get the layup. They somehow, I don't even remember if they called timeout or if they got a rebound, something, the ball went out of bounds or what, but then they do the same thing. Sean East takes a terrible shot and it doesn't have a prayer. It was it, the foul. They called the, was he was, he, they right. fouled him like at half court, which was a perfect thing for South Carolina. Yeah. yeah, and then so Sean East had to go to the basket from half court with like six seconds left. But yeah, continue. Sorry. Just no, I mean, just the same crap. I mean, there's no creativity on offense. It doesn't feel like there's any cohesion. Uh, just the defense is a little better than last year, just by virtue of it could only go up. Um, but I mean, my God, I mean, I just I can't even believe what I'm watching anymore. It really. It just makes me so sad to watch at this point. They did claw their way back into it, um, turned on the game, 7 nothing right off the start. Uh, South Carolina had full uh, full possession of the ball, full control of it. Um, then there were opportunities. The Tigers, I was watching the game, talking on the – like on the phone with Peyton at the same time while watching it, it didn't like even when Mizzou was leading, it didn't feel like they were going to win this game. There were so many opportunities to pull away, shot themselves in the foot 
so many times with uh, turnover, missed rebound, poor defense. And the box score doesn't tell the full story for a lot of these guys. And Noah Carter did have a, a decent day with 20-plus points. Um, but, man, there was just poor shot selection. Um, the defense still isn't great uh, from Noah Carter right now. And just nothing is really being pieced together from these guys that – you want to rely on and talked about it before Peyton has at length about the roles being reversed. And they, these guys were good at what they were doing last year, this year, they had to step up and they just couldn't, they just can't find their footing in the system that they are now. I don't even know if it's, they can't step up, but it's just that they're just not built to be in the roles that they have. Like they're just not that type of player. Also, I don't even really want to give Noah Carter that much credit because his 23 points came on 20 shots and he shot two for 10 from the three point line. Uh, that's like a horribly inefficient way to score 23 points. Uh, you know, and when you get that from him, it's incredibly inconsistent. Um, th this team in conference play, there's emerging a very like scary trend that I think was happened at times last year when Kobe Brown wasn't in the game. This team cannot defend a, a big to save its life. Anyone who is physical and just uses their body, literally just a brute going to the basket. It, it's automatic. I mean, it, it's ridiculous. Like Michi Johnson for South Carolina at five points this game. He's their best player, but they like BJ Mack who that's all he is. He's a strong man center. He just bodies his bullies his way to the rim. He had 21. They let a Chihuahua in Georgia absolutely bully them in the paint. Uh, and it, that worries me greatly from when they face a Tolu Smith on Mississippi State, a John I. Broom on, on, or on not Arkansas, Auburn. Um, you know, that's a very scary trend. But yeah, I don't want to rip in too much to what I feel like we've already talked about. I think Peyton kind of said it perfectly. It's just ugly. The cohesion just isn't there. Um I think we need to talk about the the kind of broader stuff emerging with this, which is, you know, people refusing to curb their impatience and understanding that, like, you know, it is really ugly and it's more ugly than we thought it would be. That's a fact. But, you know, that Dennis is building something and the, and the people who are calling out Dennis and like, you know, I think questioning that that he should keep his job or whatever, like that, that's happening. It is. And it shouldn't. And I think Gabe wrote a really good column about that. You know, it's it's people being really impatient that the winning, you know, can't come soon enough. And when it is this ugly, it's bad. I, I liked his quote tweet. Uh, you know, he just said this is the most re reasonable response when someone was when he said something about Gates. He's bringing in some good talent, but was left with the bare covered cupboard. Even at the time, I really thought last year they overreached where they should have been. This year's fallback isn't nearly as surprising. He's in year two. Give him a chance to build something. I just want y'all's thoughts on kind of that discourse and where that's kind of like coming from. Cause it's, it is hard to watch, but it's some of the stuff I'm seeing about the future of Dennis Gates is, is ridiculous to me. Yeah. I still have zero doubt in my mind about the long-term vision. You don't get recruiting classes like Dennis Gates is getting right now and stay bad. That is just yeah. like impossible to do. Um, and I think we, we, we will see even better than last year because last year, Kobe Brown is obviously fantastic. Moy Hodge was a great player that fit the system, really good culture on the team last year. They still did not have like supreme athletes. Like I think Dennis Gates is going to have here soon. And I think that will lead to improvements on both sides of the ball, particularly on defense. 
I think their scheme is built for athletes that they don't have right now. All of that said, I still do think there are valid criticisms to draw. Um, for one, I think when you don't have the dogs, you can't run the same system. Like, I think it's a little bit too stubborn. Um, and I, I don't really know why they don't make some adjustments, really. And maybe it's just because this roster is not good. And there's just no adjustments really to be made. So why not just keep it what it is for whoever will be back next year? Um, but like, I mean, like that one person said that you quoted, I mean, he inherited a mess. I mean, that team in Konzo's last year was absolutely brutal. Um, and even last year, I mean, they over way more than overachieved. I mean, there was even an element of luck to it. I mean, they they did great things, and I would not change anything about that season really for the world. But I mean, you dig deeper on the metrics. There were some some oh, yeah. bad things in there. Um, and so maybe this is just regression back to the mean a bit. I still think a lot of it is somewhat on Dennis. I mean, he whiffed in the portal a few times, and I think you're seeing what happens when you have a few too many secondary targets on your team. Uh, I don't think even in a transition year you could be this bad. Um, that said, firing Dennis Gates would be quite possibly the stupidest thing I've ever seen a school do. Uh, that should not even be a conversation for at least, like, like you should, he, he has built up two to three years at minimum to get to really put his system in place. I think we I saw. Almost, we I could. would almost argue more with the way he's recruited. Yeah, I mean, we saw what he can be last year. I think it would. Well, this isn't Al Davis University. You don't fire a coach <laughs> Jerry because Jim. he had two, like, what has been 16 bad games. Uh, yes, it's really, really bad. I would even argue there's not really an excuse to be this bad, but that's it. Firing Dennis Gates would be the most insane, knee jerk, asinine thing I've ever seen. A Fans are spoiled. Um, they definitely are from the first year. Uh, even the transfers that came in that year weren't the, the top guys in the transfer portal, according to rankings. And how that season ended, you, like that guy said, like Gabe DeArmond-Rowe, they exceeded expectations in year one, blew them out of the water, and really set the, the standard high for this program. But look past last the year before that. What did Conzo Martin accomplish? What did Kim Anderson accomplish? I mean, there's the, these coaches before him – didn't have these classes coming in. Yeah, uh, sure. The the one of the best, the best Mizzou basketball recruit of all time came under Conzo's system. Um, but how much did MPJ play, and why was MPJ here? That's another thing you kind of think about. It's just it, he wasn't the best recruiter. Uh, Conzo Martin wasn't. You haven't seen a recruiter like Dennis Gates at Mizzou in recent memory. And so there's a lot to be able to look forward to in the next couple of years. And this happens all the time in college basketball especially for a non-blue blood school like Mizzou uh, in a power five, like in a power five conference. Uh, just, I, I don't, I haven't seen anyone saying fire Dennis. I, I don't know where that's coming from. I, I, I read tweets. I read social media posts. Um, I can understand the anger um, frustrations about it, just how big of a regression this is uh, at the same time. Uh, there's just a lot to be excited about if you're following this program. Yeah. I'll give credit. Like most of the people who replied to that Gabe tweet were, were fairly reasonable. Um, but I, I know some people, you know, just go to the extremes and they don't, you know, some they sometimes don't think about the future. But, you know, I think I think it's yeah, it's tough when it it is it is not, you know, 
even come close to the expectations, lowish expectations that we thought we had for this year. Um, but yeah, I think you both made some good points. It's, you know, and, and we'll just keep going. I, I think, I think there is some valid criticism to be made too. I know people were kind of questioning the minutes for some of these younger guys who are here now and kind of maybe wanted to see more, uh, of that, which I, I go back to Gabe's point about that, where he's like, you know, you're not going to do that when you have like guys like Sean Easton, Nick Honor. So that's a tough kind of beat too, where, you know, people are like, well, what are you, what are we going to get right now? Are we going to get the young guys getting minutes for the build the future? Or are we, you know, going to get the kind of same thing we've seen? It's tricky. There's I, that it has been a very consistent thing I've seen on social media. And I do yeah. think that's ridiculous as well. There's not a coach in the country you're going to find that's just going to say, well, this year is falling beneath expectations. Let me just play all the young guys. No coach in the country does that. They yeah. may do it in the final few games just because, like, you know Nick Honor isn't coming back. Uh, you know Noah Carter isn't coming back. I believe both are out of eligibility. So maybe it's like, well, screw it. Let's just see Jordan Butler, Trent Pearson, and Robinson play 20 minutes. You still, like, what does it do for them, though? I really want people to know, what does it do for them to go out there and get absolutely yeah. flattened every It night? can hurt it your just, confidence a lot more. It can hurt your confidence it. big time. And yeah. Dennis Gates is a master on keeping guys' confidence up. He never wants guys to stop shooting. Um, and I think he's, especially with Trent Pierce, who I think has really kind of, we heard a lot of buzz about him uh, in the offseason. Now he's kind of having those, freshman struggles his shot hasn't been falling i'm sure dennis is doing everything he can to keep his confidence up but what good does it do for them to really go out there and get absolutely flattened oh they'll play they'll get power five experience but doing what i don't really think it benefits them to go out there play five minutes or or so every shift and be like a minus 12 in that time yeah yeah agreed um yeah, that's that's never going to that's never going to occur, especially from a guy like Dennis Gates, who knows that to build, you know, you're going to ha you have these guys in the building in your system marinating like that's good enough in of itself in a year where, yeah, you don't need to be putting these guys in in ugly blowouts when those things happen. I agree. 100%. When they're ready, they'll play. That's yeah. really it's not like he's ignoring them in practice when they're ready. They'll exactly. Play. They'll play. Yeah, that's the perfect uh, summary of that. Um yeah, so upcoming, I mean, again, they're going for their first win. They're going on the road. Uh, they will play Alabama on uh, Tuesday. That game's at 6. Oh, no, sorry. Wait. Yes, it is at 6. I so I thought I misread. 6 p.m. Tuesday, SEC Network. You can watch that. Um, it's in Coleman Coliseum. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts. I can, I can give some insight. I've been watching Alabama all season just in terms of, like, what they need to do if they, they want to steal a win on the road. But, uh, you know, what are you all thinking about, about that game? Mm, yeah, not looking forward to watching uh, Alabama's backcourt against Mizzou. I think that is going to get pretty bad. I mean, they might shoot Mizzou at it again. Yeah, um, I was kind of hoping the Bills game would get delayed until Tuesday. <laughs> so I could just have a reason to watch something else. Um, so I, I also watch it, um, but I'm interested to hear what you have to say, Jack. Yeah. Oh, there was one more stat I wanted to point out, and this this was in Gabe's column, but you also can find it on Ken Palm, so I'm not stealing. Uh, I'm not taking a paywalled information here, but uh, Gabe did point out last year, Mizzou, 
I mean, they had two buzzer beaters and a Nick Honor like game winner in overtime. They were tenth in luck according to Ken Palm. Uh, they they do like a luck rating. You can read Gabe's Com to see how they evaluate it. Uh, this year they're three hundred and fourteenth in the country in luck, which is that was kind of what Gabe based the column about. Yeah, that's what kind of what Gabe based the column about was like any good fortune that they earned from last year was just not like. You know, that Shawnee shot last year probably goes in, and this year it just doesn't, which is, you know, just adding to what has been an ugly year. Um, and, yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, the Alabama game, I, I just the couple things. I've Again, I've watched this team all year. Um, I mentioned the bigs. That's honestly where my concern goes first. Um, Alabama, they don't have a kind of dominating, like, just – bruising guy like they did last year at center um they're starting they're starting their two centers are Muhammad Wage who's injured and then uh Nick Pringle who uh fouls out or fouled out of their last game in six minutes so they're not great um they do however have Grant Nelson who transferred from North Dakota State I think he might have a huge game um he has not played very well to start conference play but I think the way he can play physical and then step out and shoot I think he's going to be a really nightmare matchup for whoever they put on him. Noah Carter has not looked good against bigs all year. So that's kind of my prediction. I think he could be a real difference. Um, the backcourt Peyton, you mentioned uh, Mark Sears is the, I think is the best player in this league uh, possibly. Uh, it was interesting to watch when they played, when Alabama played Vanderbilt and he went up against Ezra man, Manjohn, who's another very talented guard. Uh, Mark Sears did pretty much nothing offensively because Manjohn was just running him around the floor and tiring him out. And just to, you know, I'm kind of theorizing, could Sean East maybe do the same thing, tire him out and make him play really hard on defense? That kind of limits how much he of a weapon he is as, as a scorer. Um, that worked for Vanderbilt until Manjohn got hurt and then Mark Sears went, went off. But uh, no team has been able to hold him back. I don't think Mizzou is going to be the first. So... We'll see if that goes, how that goes. But yeah, I think it's going to be like Noah Carter's going to need to he have a huge game. You're going to have to tire out Sears. Um, they also have a sixth man. Their sixth man is a senior guard. His name is Latrell Wrightsell Jr. Um, he scored 17 off the bench for them last game against Mississippi State. He's really good. Um, I think he's better than any of Missouri's reserves. So. I, I, I countered that sixth man with Jesus right. Carolero. All right. Yeah. Yeah. A nice pass. That was a good pass to Sean East, the the, the flick behind him. That was good. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Alabama just has – guard-wise, they might be one of the deepest backcourts in the country, um, and they're experienced. And, yeah, so we'll see. Because if, if even if Sean East tires out Mark Sears, they have Aaron Estrada who can get damn near a triple-double every game. So might, Great. Be, might be a little bit ugly. Um there has been some questions about the atmosphere in Coleman Coliseum this year, though. So it might not be the most difficult home environment to play in. They might see, you know, fans might see eight, eight Mizzou. I don't need to show up for that. They'll, and they might, they might look ahead. So they're going to the uh, candlelight vigil at Nick Saban's uh, statue <laughs> outside of yeah. Brian Denny. They got to bring old meal cream pies. Right. And Coke. Yeah. That was, that was ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, there's a little glimpse into Alabama. Um, I'm not, I don't think it's going to go very well, but we'll see. Um, last thing on men's basketball. Let's end on a positive note, boys. Uh, Kobe Brown, looking back at last year's team, 
he popped off. He's got the NBA G League tweeting about him uh, for the Ontario Clippers. Triple-double, 13 points, 19 points, excuse me, 13 rebounds, and 10 assists. Give it up for Big Kobe. How about it? What a performance. I miss you so much, <laughs> Kobe Brown. I miss you so, so much. Um, I still love how there's an NBA G League account and they make graphics. I, I still like, I remember there's a Jersey swap um, recently and I don't know. Really? I just think it's funny that I think oh. it's funny they go into detail. Also shout out Isaiah Mosley. Uh, he had a crazy, crazy good dunk um, against, I don't even remember who they were playing, but for the Wisconsin herd. Yeah. Love, love Mosley for my herd. We have the Kenny bet. If the Bucks win the finals, he, he's buying me a Mosley Jersey. So. Hopefully you can stick to that. Um, Glad you dude, remember that because I don't. Uh, I will. I, I, know oh, I, I said it. What about finding no, one of those? When I get, you know, I said I would customize it. He said he oh. said if he couldn't find the herd, he would just custom make a Bucks one with Mosley, which would be kind of funny. Um, I think people, I'd probably walk around wearing that, and people would just be like, "Is that your last name?" I'd be like, "No, it's the name of a guy on the G League team." Uh, deep cut, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, from Zoo against Bama, but shout out to Kobe. Maybe like I don't know. NBA players should have one game of eligibility. And then at any point, the college can just be allowed to say, we're bringing this alum back for this game. And then Mizzou can, you know, pick when they use it. Uh, but anyway. I probably bring back Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. That's a good question. It might have the rock, though. All time. Can we have Nobody else Porter? on this team swings the rock? So forget <laughs> it. Let's just let Michael Porter Jr. You guys remember Caleb there. Brown? Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah he's, he's I don't know hurt, if you know he? this. He still goes here, believe yeah. it or not. I don't. I haven't seen him on the bench at all, though. Um, I know he's out for the season, but does yeah, he not hang out with the team? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. That's like what Sean Duragordon did for his uh, red shirt year. He would like sit on the bench, but it was COVID, so it was like he was on the baseline. He would just sit in a chair. It was very funny. Kenny and I were at his first game. They said his name <laughs> in pregame, and we were like, "Who the actual hell is that?" <laughs> Oh, yeah. At least it's not that year. All right. With that, we'll segue uh, and close out the show with Quickets. Okay. Quickets time. That's the new um, Ken Sports Shorts jingle. Peyton, do that again. I was doing the Quickets. Ken Sports Shorts. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. The... Yeah. I modeled that out of uh, after I think you should leave. Shout out um, Tim Robinson. Ken Sports Shorts. Um, Ken Sports Shorts this week uh, is going to be about Kevin Peoples. Um, I have a question and then a small bonus after. Um, I'm going to start with Kevin Peoples. Uh, I think Payne's done some research about him. Um, Try to figure out his connection to a bird in, I guess, it was last week now. Uh, but he's coached at a lot of places um, in, his, in his career. Um, Payton did mention that he was at Carroll College, and that's where he spent uh, two seasons right after his career ended. Uh, where did he spend the 1995 season as a coach? And I, I will, I will let you ask me five questions. And the okay. reason I, that's how hard the it reason, is. The reason I'm giving it to you. Okay, I'll let you know. He was defensive lines and special teams at this uni- at this school. Um, you know this school, and it's a hard one. But you get five questions to ask me. Lane. There is a, there is a relation to an SEC legend, and that's why. That's why I want you guys to guess it. So first question goes to Peyton. Okay, so where did he coach in 1995? 
I know he was at Indiana and Tulane. That's just because I looked up his bio. Before yeah, I knew those two, obviously. First question, Peyton, go. Is this Division One? Nope. Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, I think SEC legend from there. Yep. Okay. So it's not Division One. Um, hmm. What, Peyton, what do you think I should ask? What do you think? No, Jack, you have to ask. You have have to ask. Be a free thinker, Jack. I I, I fuck up these quizzes a lot when I. All right. Um, I guess I'll. Let's do some geographical narrowing down. How about that? Is it north of Columbia, Missouri? No, Peyton. Okay. What? I don't know what to no, ask. No, I'm not, I'm not making fun of you. Oh, I just, oh, I have no sorry, idea okay, what. Sorry, this, sorry, this sorry, sorry. I take things um, too personally. I got to chill out. I got to chill out. 1995. It's not Division One. I don't know, like, what to ask. Like, I have no idea. It's not North. Of... Like, are there any famous NFL players from here? Oh, that's a good. Yes. Question. Okay. Uh, there's an S- uh, SEC legend. Uh, I'll give you a hint. That SEC legend. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, okay. Uh, oh, he's in 1995. I think I know. I think I know. I think I, think I, know. I, I, I know. I think you I might know. have a different no than me. Can I like spitball a guess or if I say it, is it? The yeah, guess? just guess. And that okay, Peyton, yeah. I'm thinking, I'm thinking Tyler junior college in a. World I'm thinking, Newton. I'm thinking a different Juco. I'm thinking Juco. I'm not thinking that. one. Okay. Should we, let's try to narrow it down. Cause we both have different answers. I feel like that's a so good SEC thing. legend. Like think about who that could be. Okay. Famous NFL player, SEC legend. That would have. I also did look at Kevin Peoples' page like last week, so it's kind of in there. I think. Oh, okay. All right. I think it. it, I think he's talking about Cam Newton. I think it's. Yeah, so that's Tyler Junior College, isn't it? No, it's Blinn. Oh no, it is Blinn. Who is Tyler? That's Jimmy Bond. Yeah. All right. Nice. 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 It is Blinn. I had um, the right I had the right guy, but I said uh that's where Jimmy Butler went to college. That's like what I always my mind Tyler? always goes to. He went to Tyler Junior College in Tyler, Texas. Before he transferred. Yeah, before Marquette. Which I don't know that. why I had Jimmy Butler on the mind, but yes, I was thinking of Cam Newton. Nice, nice work, Peyton. Way to deduce yeah. that. Um, in Brenham, Texas. I remember when I was on the beat and I was looking at Kevin Peoples page and saw the Blinn College thing and never forgot it. Because uh, I thought it was bizarre that Blinn College had a football team in 1995. They're like uh, the. That's really cool. They're like Eastern Illinois. They just have random, random names just emergent from where, there. Where is Blinn? Is that in like Mississippi? I, I just said Blinn in Texas. Texas. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's, a, it's an hour. It's an hour north, um, northwest. It's on the way to College Station. It's a feeder school to Texas A&M. Um, okay, the uh, bonus question. I mentioned during a group chat earlier with you guys, but uh, Kevin Peoples' wife, Rebecca Peoples, uh, coached women's basketball. Um, oh, she followed her husband well, around, of course. Um, if you've looked up Kevin Peoples recently just because of um, the coaching search, him moving to LSU, yeah, you've probably seen some of the schools he's been at. Uh, what school did Rebecca Peoples also assist on the women's basketball front while her husband was on the oh, football boy. staff? Oh, dude. <laughs> I have no idea. Indiana. No. Damn it. Yeah, that would have been bold. So where else has he been? He's been in, like, Tulane. I only know Indiana, Tulane, and now Blinn, I guess. 
Kenny, is it either would, one of them? I would hope it's not Blinn. Do no. I still have my five question rule? No. You give me a guess, Peyton. Two lane. No, okay, he uh, said it's you, not. Oh, I Eli Drinkwitz coach at this school. That helps. Arkansas, Arkansas State. State. Arkansas State. It's Arkansas State. Yes. Hooray. Dang. Nice. All right. Those were good. That was good, Kenny. Uh, Dirty Birds of the weekend. Uh, my Dirty Bird of the week. And goes to Will Muschamp. You guys brought it up earlier. When we were talking. Oh my about, bad. Um, the defensive coordinator opening at Mizzou. Uh, Will Muschamp did transition to become a defensive analyst for Georgia to spend more time with his family. Um, Dirty Bird. Yeah, it's a nice option here in Columbia. I'm not in Columbia. I uh, hear it's nice this time of year. <laughs> no, uh, it's not. It's cold. <laughs> no, it's not. There. I've been there. Uh, but Will Muschamp is my Dirty Bird of the week. Would you guys like to know his connection to birds? I think it's pretty South obvious. Carolina games, game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Look at the look at the gif in the top reply to that tweet that he sent for what was this must camp one? <laughs> I gotta have it. It's funny. Uh, Peyton Jeez. Dirty Bird. Um, my Dirty Bird of the week is Jed Fish. Um, in a, another one of the coaches, our mercenaries chapter in college football um jed fish had an ugly exit from arizona just today sunday the day we're recording um his connection to birds if you're curious i mean he was an assistant for the ravens he was the qb coach for the Seahawks. Ah. Ah. oh i didn't know that also also his last name is fish and that is a bird's favorite food so that's obviously my connection but yeah jed fish i mean he was on the Jim Rome show, everyone's favorite program, because it's oh, definitely still the nineties. <laughs> he was on there recently and he said um he just he assumed he was gonna get an extension. They just had to hash out the details, but he had no interest in leaving. And the second Washington threw a contract offer, he absolutely dipped. There was a video that really I thought was in poor taste to post. Uh the Washington 80 showing up at his very obviously multi-million dollar house. Um, I mean, he has wildcat stuff up and he's, I mean, he's smiling away as he's just signing this uh, contract with Washington. He apparently had a three minute meeting with his team, uh, his Arizona uh, players and staffers. And it apparently did not go well, according to several Arizona reporters. Um, Very ugly exit for Jed Fish. And, uh, Whenever you complain about players entering the transfer portal, uh, just remember the coaches more often than not do the more scummier ways of exit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was on the first Houston Texans coaching staff, 2002. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's, I mean, like that, they were one of the best stories of the year. And then just to kind of rip fans' hearts out like that by not building on it, that's tough. I mean, it's not easy. Like, I know like Kalen DeBoer was getting some heat from Washington fans a little bit and replies to stuff when he left. And I think he did his exit a lot more gracefully than Jed fish did, but you know, and obviously it's, you know, you can have more sympathy for taking a job like that, but still, I mean, he was still being like, you're not, you're not loyal. It's never easy, but yeah, ugly, ugly stuff. Um, my dirty bird of the weekend goes to Kansas Jayhawk fans. Uh, this comes from Jayhawk at Jayhawk takeover on Twitter. Jack Takeover tweeted, um, it's negative 17 with Winchill and Lawrence. Hoops is just different here, man. Uh, with a video of a full Allen Fieldhouse on Saturday uh, for the Kansas game against Oklahoma. They won 78-66. Uh, 
yeah, you're watching a game inside. The windshield doesn't, I don't care about what the windshield is outside. Um, my favorite response of everyone uh, who, your Mizzou fans have called this out, was Gabe DeArmond of Power Mizzou, um, who I believe said, as my tweet is loading, uh, it's not going to load, but he basically, to paraphrase, he said, the best part about this is the players, uh, or the most impressive part about this is the players that wear tank tops and shorts in that weather. And he said, seriously, if that's that cold in there, someone needs to check the furnace. Uh, yeah, it, I, I don't, it, it's cool to complain about it in football and fun. You're in a basketball arena, dude. You probably drove in a car to get there. You're not out in the cold for that long. Fucking chill out. The five minute walk. The five minute walk. Oh, no. Um, no, but we were really oh, brave souls last year uh, when we would see Mizzou uh, basketball games in 70 degree Mizzou arena. I'm going to point out it uh, feels like negative 22 where I am currently living. So suck. I, I'm not. It's negative three degrees where I live. I don't know what it feels like. Yeah. It's Peyton and I went to a Mizzou basketball game in 2022 against Florida. That was probably the most dangerous game to ever go to. Yeah. I don't think I'd ever been to a college basketball game before. They said, you can sit wherever you want if you can get here. Um, yeah. Probably one of the coolest experiences ever. We had pizza that looked like Play-Doh. It was <laughs> awful pizza. It felt like Where's someone brought the pizza and Where's left it outside. Out, but... Well, we have no idea. <laughs> oh, really? Was it in one where it's like a plain white box and you're like, Ew. yes, I, pizza I'm just like, <laughs> it literally, it was table. like a video game pizza that would constantly feed you. Um, like I keep eating it. I, I remember everything game. about that game. Uh, that was the dreadful final year of Conzo. Uh, Kenny and I were the only one in our friend group that even thought about going to that game. Uh, the game was against Florida. It had been delayed a day because it had snowed the previous day. The roads were still not good. Um, I remember on our way out, I almost slammed into the back of another car. Uh, that wasn't because of the snow. That was just because. Um, but no, yeah, yeah. That, that that was it was so empty, and we heckled Colin Castleton the whole time. And some guy caused to do the game because he yelled at Boogie Coleman while he was shooting free throws. Um. Jayhawk takeover replied saying some people below acting like it's nothing to be out and about today parking and walking LMAO it hurts just to open the door almost got ratioed 33 likes 28 replies um chivalry is so. dead that's all I took from that last sentence hurts to open the door <laughs> yeah you're not gonna hold it for other people uh yeah insane behavior I don't know um next segment it's a big one it's a big one this week uh oh Hey, what time is it? Time hey, is what it, time Kenny? is it? What time is it? What time is it, Kenny? Gotta take a call. Oh, oh, he's on the phone. They let me know. They let me know. It's from. Oh. We're going down to NRG Stadium with the Cleveland Frauds. Cleveland. DJ Stroud, the Houston Texans. Imagine taking the Browns the in this game. Fraud alert appearances. Fraud alert. Major fraud alert. Major. Fraud. Texans. Blown him out. 45 to 14. Congratulations, Kenny. Let me be the first to wish Kenny congratulations to his Houston Texans. Good job. Well, we're not done there yet. Joe Frado. This might be the end. Might be Frado. over for 38-year-old Joe Frado. 307, 307 yards but two picks in this game. Both picks uh, were Jamar returned for Hamlin, touchdowns. Jamar Hamlin, comeback player of the year. Locked up. Locked. Locked it in. 
saw that one guy that spun around. He went whoop, 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 until Flack goes eight. He did a spin on Rooney. Courtesy of a five-time five-time Houston resident yeah. Booker T. <laughs> sat next to him once. Desmond Spinner-Rooney King. Uh, coming in at number three in the fraud rankings, and this one's easy. The Tua, fraud. Tua Gailoa. Oh, it might be over for this guy. It's a sad Tua, day. That's the worst 50-yard touchdown pass ever, because I think it might be. Yeah, shout out to all you Mizzou fans who are at the game. Uh, Ronda Dolphins. Burr. You and Taylor Swift. There weren't any Kansas fans there, though. Mike McDaniel wearing a shirt that says, I wish it were fraudder. Taylor Swift said, the fraud's going to fraud, 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 fraud. I'm swag. I'm frauding. Swag frauding. We're staying at number two uh, in Kansas City, the Dolphins. Biggest frauds of the season. We all know it. The Miami Dolph frauds. Dolphins. Fraud fins, losing twenty six to seven in the wild card round. That for you, a fraud uh-huh. stat, if you will. Um, the worst team in the NFL in terms of point differential in games against playoff teams, the Washington Commanders. You know who is second worst with negative one hundred eleven points? Fraud Amy. Fraud Amy. Fraud McDaniel. Oh, on hard rocks. What's the number, number one? Bring it in. Bring it in. And we're throwing this one to Jack. Who is it? Who is oh. Number one on the fraud rankings. They proved my best beat. They read it right. How about them cow frauds? Hold up. Weed them frauds. Losing to the Packers. Letting my bet hit. And then some. And unfortunately for Peyton Haverman, the Packers have found another great elite quarterback. Jordan I Love. This game. I called him Jordan Dud earlier. I apologize, Jordan Love. Calfrods, number one in the front rankings. Might be our worst timing there on the um the music, but that's all right. It's all right. We're working on it. We had a fraud stat, that's why. Yeah, you had you had to read your stat. Um ratios of the week. Kenny, what you got? All right. Um sticking in the college football world. Uh, McNeil, a Browns fan on X, posted. Browns fans taking over in Houston at a Browns tailgate. Um, there were 5% of fans in an in NRG that were Browns fans at this game, but there were a lot at this tailgate. It might've been all of the Browns fans at one tailgate outside the Astrodome. Um, for some reason, uh, a Dynamo fan, which is the soccer team, the MLS team in Houston, mm-hmm. quote tweeted McNeil. And just for those who don't know, McNeil has 571.7 thousand followers oh, on boy. this app. Um, and said, traveling fans show up, take up 5% of stadium capacity, LOL. Take these dumb asses off of social media, LMAO. Um, 50 likes to McNeil's, uh, 2.8 thousand likes. Uh, McNeil replied, <laughs> soccer fan, huh? How many of these you got? And it's the Columbus crew with three MLS cups. It's Bart Simpson wearing some Columbus crew merch. 554 likes. Um, if you're bragging about MLS stuff, man, at a football <laughs> this tailgate, is sad. this is just sad, especially just after sad. the outcome of this game. I don't think I've ever been more depressed by a sequence in ratio of the week tweets. This is really terrible stuff. I'm looking at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I do like the Bart Simpson edit though. I kind of wanted to make one, uh, of like Mizzou, like him and Mizzou gear with like the cotton bowl trophy or something. I think that they have like sick. three of them. So maybe, yeah, well. You can find some other trophies. They've won other bowl games. Um, 
we have we also had a community note this week uh this one this one was uh was kind of funny but yet yeah, anyway mls things is bad um so this comes from a a guy david hookstead uh on twitter who was i think responding to somebody the initial tweet i can't see because it's just a screenshot of the of the community note um but it was in response to the Bills Steelers game that was supposed to be played on Sunday getting moved to Monday because of all the crazy weather with the snow and the sleet. Everyone saw the video of of it. There were, you know, a lot of jokes made. Uh, you know, like this is America. We should be playing these games. You robbed us of a snow game, whatever. Uh, whatever you think of the game being canceled, uh, David decided to say. He he asked here. He said, "Did we cancel D Day because of a little rough weather? No. Play the damn game." Uh, this was community noted. Uh, by someone who said D-Day was delayed by a day because of the weather, which I believe is true. I think they waited another day to like invade. So uh, Ryan's point or not Ryan's point, David's point thoroughly refuted. A guy named Ryan uh, posted that and said, this is my favorite community note ever. That's where I got Ryan from. But yeah, um, still should have played the game. Still should play the game. I'm just going to say no. I want to see it. No, they shouldn't have. You can't play they the game have. when there's no opposing team at the stadium. Yeah, that would have been that would have been not good. Uh, but yeah, we'll see how it is on Monday. I know there were that that was like to to bring it back to Missouri. I know there were people making jokes of they should have put saying they should have put the Chiefs game in the uh, the old Edward Jones Dome because it was going to be really cold. Which I wonder what the reaction of that would have been. <laughs> that stadium is so bad, so man. Bad. They need to blow it up. Please tear <laughs> that stadium down. It, I think a lot of people might have liked it that Mizzou played there. Yeah. I, with no affiliation to the Rams or St. Louis in my childhood, I thought that was a waste of time. <laughs> I, I did I, that place. I've been there for an XFL game. It shouldn't be there anymore. I'm sorry. Can, if you, but can you like imagine it. too? Like, like Mizzou's one thing, but the chiefs, like that's a four hour drive. And it's like one, not affiliated with the team anymore, but also affiliated with the other state team. It used to be like that. That wouldn't have gone over well. Okay. I'm also, I noticed this um, because someone tweeted a photo of it. When Mizzou went to play there, it was in, it was this past season, 2023, obviously. I went to a WWE thing there in 2022 and they had a poster up for it. I remember on the stairwell, someone, it was a full, this was 18 months later. Someone took a photo of it. That poster was still there. They have it. They, they couldn't be bothered to tear. Blow that stadium up. What are you doing there? I'm glad you brought that up. When I uh, went to the Bally Midwest headquarters during um, homecoming, when I was about to leave, there were still advertisements up around uh, the stadium and around Bush. For that for game? that game. That oh, happened boy. a month before. <laughs> Dude, so, that is- I have one more one more thing to throw in there about the snow. I don't know if you guys saw this, but at the Bills Bills Stadium, they were paying fans twenty dollars an hour to shovel snow. Yes, yes, I did see. Really sorry, cool. yeah, because people were like sliding down the like uh, the tarp and stuff, like shirtless. shirtless. Yeah, Would you guys have done that. Not yes, the- yes, yes. Oh yes. Oh my god. Yes. Hundred percent. Oh yeah. Just even the experience. A- you didn't have to pay me. I would have done that. That would. Have been awesome. Oh yeah. yeah. Hey, I don't if know they about that. Said, but- no, if they would have said volunteers, I'd have been like, yes, I would have taken videos, photos. That's sick. That's mm-hmm. a football. That's a football guy thing. Totally fair. But I don't think I would have volunteered for that. But 20 bucks an hour, I'll be there for like ages. I would have done that. I'll, I'll bundle up, dog. 
I love that that still exists, like, in big-time American sports. Like, I know in, like, soccer, when there's, like, lower teams and they have to clear snow off in the winter, it's, like, volunteer, which makes sense. It's, like, a tiny team. But I love that, like, the Bills, you know, still need the community to band together to clear the snow off of their stadium. It just is so – it's so awesome. It's like a Charlie Brown thing almost. Well, not Charlie yeah. Brown, but, like, just a little, like, a cartoon almost. Like, we got to band together. The town has to band yeah. together so the football team can play this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a, it's like for your high school team. It's like I, I don't know. Chiefs fans need to do that. Shovel Arrowhead. When Mizzou hosts a, a playoff game next year in late December, um, and it a blizzard comes through, they'll need students to do that. Just we'll answer the call. Let it. Let we're gonna we'll put our names in the hat now. If Mizzou needs people to shovel the field for the home playoff game, we in will we will tickets. volunteer. Yeah, yeah. Let us go. I can say right now. I think if they got a home playoff game, I'd be there. I would, I would be there. I would go. Yeah, I'd find a way. Credential? Mizzou football, if you're listening? Comp tickets? I don't, I don't know. know why we would need credentials. <laughs> to not buy tickets, Peyton. That's the only reason. <laughs> hey, um, uh, this comes from our favorite TV <laughs> series, The Today Show. Um, uh, guys, why? <laughs> why no, no, no. Hold on. No, come back. Computer, why did the computer... Uh, Put me back in. Put me back in. No, 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 no. Let him be solo. Why? Oh, no, no, we're off. No, we're why? Off. Sorry, go. Why did the computer go to bed? Because he fell asleep. It needed to crash. <laughs> oh, Al Roker was in his bird. duffel bag when he made No, that. I like no captain. He's the main bird. That's going to be my de facto, like, put him. Just going to play that instead. Good joke, Peyton. Uh, that'll do it for the Unwritten this week. We'll come back. Uh, I think we're going to have Drew King on uh, for Friday's show to talk a little Mizzou men's basketball, go a little bit more in depth. Wallow in our misery. Yeah, to, to, I don't know, get an expert opinion on the stuff we've been ram- ranting about the last couple of weeks. Uh, but we'll have him to kind of talk about the start of SEC play and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, look forward to that on Friday. Um, we'll probably have some football stuff as well. Peyton, you you did a prediction. Maybe they'll hire the next DC in the next two, three days. Now give us some content. So, um, you know, who knows? But until then, uh, everyone have a fun and safe week. Enjoy the week. Uh, we'll see if Mizzou have, pulls off an upset in Coleman. I'll be tweeting about it. So follow along. You know, shameless plug. Um, subscribe on the YouTube. I don't think I said that at the top of the show. Uh, thanks to Bet Online again for sponsoring this show. We appreciate it. And uh, yeah, everyone have a fun and safe week. We'll see you on Friday.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.